Welcome to Seawolf Pod, the Major League Rugby podcast for Seattle Seawolves fans presented by SeawolfPod.com. I'm your host, Raymond Torkelson. Let's talk some Seawolves rugby. This episode of Seawolf Pod was recorded Sunday, April 22nd, 2018. As such, some things may have changed since then. For the latest updates, visit SeawolfPod.com, where you can connect with Seawolf Pod on social media and the Seawolf Pod blog on Medium. Also, to save time editing, I do not censor this podcast, which means if you're watching with young children, please be aware it may contain um, explicit content. So at any rate, I have some important information to tell you about me and this podcast. This is the Seattle Seawolves Rugby Podcast. I am Raymond T. I'm simply a uh, big fan, super fan that loves talking all things Seawolves Rugby. This is my weekly show, and as a super fan, um, I am not affiliated with the Seattle Seawolves program in any way. Also, I say WolfPod a lot and on social media, which just means Seawolves fans. So WolfPod, there's a couple things I ask you to do. One, get plugged into SeawolfPod social media at SeawolfPod on at least Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, If for whatever reason you only want to follow one, I suggest Instagram where I plan to stay pretty active posting Seawolves content. Two, you can also go to the website, seawolfpod.com. It's probably your best way to find out info about SeawolfPod, including other social media profiles. Um, If you want to find the latest episode of the pod, I've got SoundCloud embedded there. um, And you'll see the other platforms where you can listen. You can get updates on the Seawolves. I'll probably have some blogs up um, or just links to updates. And you can contact me about the podcast, too. Um, You can also just email or call me if you want to do that, which is uh, on the website. Um, Personally, I think it would be pretty cool if you at least bookmark the page, maybe make it a homepage. Um, But anyways, I I digress. So only other thing I ask, uh, if you like Seawolf Pod, please, please, please look up um, Seawolf Pod on Apple Podcasts and give it a five-star rating or review. Uh, obviously this helps my podcast gain popularity, but, um, maybe here's why you might care. First off, I will take a video of myself reading a review and post it on Instagram. Yeah. Um, five star reviews bump Seawolf pod up in the rankings, which make a potential fan more likely to find the podcast. Uh, more fans, more better is what I think. Um, but really doing little things like supporting this podcast will help grow the fan base of the Seawolves and ultimately strengthen the program. Uh, thanks so much if you do. And I look forward to reading them on Instagram. Oh yeah. And you can say whatever you want. I will read it. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, it does help. I'm definitely not making money right now doing this and can use all the free support you can offer with your precious time, which I sincerely respect. So let's move into this section that, uh, for lack of a better term, also inspired by American Rugby Pod, which does beer and banter. This is now called Juice and Jabber because Jabber is just kind of, you know, banter and juice is like interesting, juicy stuff. I'm still working on finding juicy stuff, but that's this section, Juice and Jabber. So uh, just for today, talk about the last episode. I talked to Tony Ridnell, uh, former USA Eagle number 168, about the preseason match where we... um, beat Prairie Wolfpack handedly. This episode, I'm going to give a little um, abbreviated preview. I'm kind of short on time of Seawolves today, their lineup, which just came out yesterday. Um, 
kind of last second. And then next episode, I might get um, a friend in Oregon who runs the LL Rugby blog to step on and talk a bit about next weekend's game as well as the game today. Um, don't really have anything else juicy or jabbery. Want to do some uh, MLR score updates, but gotta just move ahead. So, um, yeah. Okay, so the main section of this podcast usually broken down into on the pitch, off the pitch. Didn't do a ton of forethought about if this is on the pitch or off the pitch news. I'm just gonna call it on the pitch. So I got some feedback from uh, fans, listeners about being new to rugby and wanting some help understanding it. You can always reach out to me directly on seawolfpod.com. Um, I'm happy to take emails or calls or social media DMs to talk about it. Love talking about it. Um, but yeah, let's let's just jump into uh, my sort of long-winded explanation of uh, basics in rugby union, which I'm sure I could screw up, but somebody else can correct me. It's really simple. It's a fun game. Um, you're going to get the hang of it if you keep watching. So what do you need to know about rugby to enjoy watching the Seawolves? Um, so first off, rugby as a sport is broken down into several codes or types. The code played by U.S. Major League Rugby in which the Seawolves compete is called Rugby Union, or specifically 15s, which you could spell capital XV with a little S after to make it plural. Um, I won't complicate things by explaining the other codes or variants and how they compare, but if you want to know more, connect with me at seawolfpod.com and I'll answer all your questions as best I can. I encourage you to hit the screens, in other words, research on the internet the history of rugby and its resulting codes because it is often, it is often political how things evolved and really quite fascinating. At any rate, just remember the Seawolves and its USMLR opponents are playing Rugby Union 15s. Here's the details on rugby. Um, so this is where I should explain a bit of what that means. As I've now noted, I'm, I'm not going to take the deep dive down the code comparison rabbit hole. I'm not going in depth here as the resources are available online. My time is limited, but I'll help new fans get started in the right direction. Um, I'm going to miss some things, but if you reach out to me on my website, seawolfpod.com, I'm happy to answer any additional questions and refer you to learning resources. Um, so in Rugby Union 15s, which I'm just going to call Rugby now moving forward, since you know which code I'm referring to, um, in Rugby Union, um, the rules are governed by World Rugby. That's an organization you don't necessarily need to know anything about at this point. Um, but here's your Seawolf Pod crash course. It's not recommended for the faint of heart. If you're new, you're going to have a great time watching rugby, but just don't expect to remember all this on your first listen. So um, let's talk about time, the time of a rugby match. It's 80 minutes. Although broadcasting requirements are affecting this aspect of MLR, that's 80 continuous minutes of high excitement, intense physicality, and basically the greatest sport on earth. Um, the divisions of that time, I kind of lied. So besides stoppage from the referee, which would be, I guess, unplanned, referred to the referees referred to as the sir, which like I know it's 28 and I don't like that either. But um, anyways, the, the only planned stoppage is a 10-minute halftime, thus splitting the 80-minute match into two 40-minute halves. Um, during that break, teams huddle to, well, do whatever they want, but probably to figure out how to score more or how to defend better or both. For any unplanned stoppage, that time will be added to the end of the game and called stoppage time. So there you have it, 80-minute match with a 10-minute halftime break, which then becomes two 40-minute halves. 
So that's the uh, time, 80 minutes, time divisions, 10-minute halftime, 40-minute halves. So teams, hopefully you already realize rugby is played by two opposing teams who are trying to outscore each other and conversely stop the other team from outscoring them. Each team has 15 players, meaning there are a total of 30 players on the field counting both sides, or a maximum of 30 players. They can get taken off for penalties and things. Um, each side is allowed 23 players total, so do the math, and that's eight players on each sideline. That's a lot of bodies running around, is what you're probably thinking. Um, as such, you need to know where to find all the action on the field. I'm going to address scoring and some other things real quickly. Um, and also, if you want to know the field dimensions, just think soccer field size and more details. Um, you can find online on the specifics because it can it can vary slightly. But yeah, let me jump into some things before I tell you really what to focus on like today when you're watching the Seawolves. So scoring, um, teams can score five points, which is called a try, not a touchdown. Uh, in that other game played with a somewhat egg-shaped ball called a pigskin, tries are scored simply by running the ball into the try zone and touching the ball to the ground in the try zone. But that must be done without dropping the ball until it touches the ground. Where is the try zone? For the Seawolves, the try zone will be at the end of their opposing team's half of the field, behind the goalposts. And goalposts are those pointy things you will see players try to kick the ball through. Teams try to kick the ball through the goalposts for either two or three points. Two when it's a conversion from a try, which is where the word came from, because teams get to try to kick the ball through the posts. Get it? Try? All right, yeah, so it's worth three points, either kicking on a penalty, which teams being awarded a penalty may choose to do when you see the ref raise a fully extended arm. Or the other scenario to kick for three points is a drop kick, which isn't kicked from a tee like a conversion, which I didn't even mention and should have. Conversions and penalties are kicked from a tee. There you go. Okay, lineouts. This is another section of the game, so this is part of the set piece. Uh, Sidelines, that's out of bounds, which is called touch. It's the biggest defender on the field. Lose the ball out of bounds, and the ball goes to the other team. But not so fast. It goes to the other team to throw the ball in from the sidelines to players being lifted in the air. This is called a lineout, the intended purpose of which is to reset play after the ball goes to touch. Also, scrums. Another set piece. Minor rule infractions, like when a player passes the ball forward. Yep, can't do that. May be punished by giving the opposing team the ball to feed into a scrum. In a scrum, which is also meant to reset play after some sort of unplanned stoppage occurs, eight players bind down onto each other and push against the other team's eight players doing the same thing. These eight players are called forwards because they're huge. They're pretty mean and you need to respect the hell out of them. I've never been a forward in my amateur playing and while it's an honor to be part of the forward pack, it's very physical. The other nine players on the field are backs, who are generally lighter weight, quicker, more skilled ball handlers for passing, as well as better kickers or like they just are the kickers. Okay, so that's forwards and backs, scrums, lineouts, etc. Um, kicking. Let's talk a bit about kicking. It's going to happen a lot. Now that we know rugby union is an 80-minute match with a 10-minute halftime break, tries are five points, conversions are two, drop kicks and penalties are three. There's lineouts and scrums to reset play. You've got forwards and backs. So players can kick the ball anywhere they want, forward, backwards, but it's generally advised to kick the ball forward to gain territory. The more territory you control, in other words, is behind your team and not easily lost to opposing kicks, the closer you are to scoring in your try zone. The big point is to understand offsides with kicks. If you want to go get the ball your teammate kicked, you have to start behind that kicking teammate when they kick the ball, or they need to run ahead of you before you can pursue the ball should you have been ahead of them in the first place. 
it's just the offsides rules there. Anyways, here are a few kicks you'll see. Um, you'll see drop kicks. They can reset play on a kickoff from the halfway mark after a score. Um, they can reset play when the ball rolls out through the try zone from the 22-meter line. They can score three points through the uprights in the middle of open play. Place kicks. The ball will be kicked from a tee on a conversion or a penalty to score through the uprights again. Two for a conversion after a try. Three on a penalty. Okay, a grubber kick, which is a kick to the floor where the ball rolls forward intended for a player running onto the ball to pick up, whether that player running on is the kicker or a teammate of the kicker. Okay, exit kick. When a player is within 22 meters of the try zone, they're defending from the other team, they may kick the ball directly out to touch for a lineout. If the player kicking the ball is greater than 22 meters from the try zone they are defending, the lineout will be played from the mark where the kicker kicked the exit kick. Say that 10 times fast. All right, um, we got another important section here before I go into what to pay attention to, and that is rucking. Um, this one might be a little more challenging to pick up, but I think it's pretty simple. So this has been way out of order. Rucking is a contest for the ball between opposing teams when a player is tackled to the ground. I'm going to say that again. Rucking is a contest for the ball between opposing teams when a player is tackled to the ground. It allows play to be continuous, which is sort of a big thing in rugby, assuming no unplanned stoppage for rule infractions. Fun fact, the rules of rugby are called laws because that's literally what rugby is based on, a set of laws interpreted by the ref or, quote, sir. Again, I know it's 2018. During matches, basically players fly into the ruck from opposing teams through two gates, um which are determined by the way the players lay on the floor. And now that's where it's going to get more complicated than I should explain uh, over a podcast. You should look, ask questions, and then look it up online. Uh, rucking is interesting. So I'm a little burnt out on rugby basics. Just please contact me at seawolfpod.com through email, phone, social media if you have questions. And I promise I will be responsive as quickly as possible and as helpful as I can in answering your questions. So one more thing, um, what do you want to watch as a new fan to rugby? So I've just broken this down basically into defense and offense. So defense, watch teams on defense. In other words, when they don't have the ball, they'll line up flat to the back of the ruck, which determines the offsides line they cannot cross until the ball is out of the ruck. So be looking for is the team on defense lining up in a straight line horizontally across the field. When the ball is out, they should sprint up as hard as possible. That's called good line speed. They form a line, and they are fast or have good speed off the line, line speed. Um, are they keeping three players back at all times? These are like outfielders on defense, known as the back three, who must field kicks from the opposition and make open field tackles when the offense breaks through the line with the ball or makes a break for the try zone. So that's what to look for on defense, line speed and the back three. Um, on offense, offense, it's not quite as straightforward, at least in my mind, um, but good offense will typically involve plays that either give the ball to the big strong players I mentioned are called forwards or the smaller faster players I mentioned are called backs. Generally, the player with a number 10 on the back of their jersey will determine who gets the ball, the forwards or the backs, and he'll do it by yelling. I mean, not yelling, but communicating or yelling. Sometimes the backs get the ball and give it to a forward or vice versa. That number 10 jersey is critical. They're like a quarterback or general commanding their team both on offense and defense. They understand the gameplay because they're usually responsible for making it happen. 
But that's where this is cooler to me than American football because the other 14 players all have to be prepared to possibly do the same thing as the fly half, run, pass, kick, etc. Oh yeah, and a reminder if you're not used to it, no one passes the ball forward, ever. Or if they do, it's a infraction of the rules, a forward pass. There's also an infringement of the laws called a knock-on. If a player touches the ball to their body somewhere besides their boot for a kick and the ball goes forward, it's considered a knock-on when it touches the ground. Um, or really anything. This is usually reset by a scrum, but other options may be taken which you will observe in the game. So that's what to watch on, watch for on offense and defense. Um, okay, so let's preview this game today. My score prediction is 26-18 Seawolves. Um, frankly, I'm always going to predict how the Seawolves could win. Oh yeah, I should give general details on the game. We're playing, we're playing San Diego Legion. It's our first season game in Major League Rugby. It's the inaugural season of Major League Rugby. This couldn't be more exciting. I'm driving up to the game soon. I'm looking outside. It's a beautiful day here in the Northwest, um, and the Seawolves are going to win 26-18. to 18. So um, just know I'm always going to predict how the Seawolves could win. Um, I'm hoping based on my analysis you'll find when we do win, it's accurate, and when we don't simply um, we fail to do what I'm signifying is critical to victory. I'm not always going to be right, and I'm going to learn from this process as much as I hope everyone else can when the opportunity arises. Today's going to be more abbreviated. I just didn't leave myself enough time. My apologies. This will still be useful to know who's going to be out there. Um, so expect you know better predictions and whatnot on the next pods. Um, I will review these predictions and games in future apps, just like I reviewed the preseason victory against Wolfpack with USA Eagle 168 out of Seattle, Tony Riddell, in part one of this episode, episode one. So let's talk about the Seawolves. Coaches, uh, Tony Healy's not out there, I assume. I didn't hear about him being out there during the preseason match. Um, I, he's not on the website. Haven't heard official word he's not our coach, but he's not our coach. And so we have um, Kerry Hitchborn as like rugby development director and Phil Mack as a like player coach, assistant coach. Um, I think it was like Maddie Turner or something, like director of rugby operations. I mean, I'm not, like, concerned about what's going on with the coaching, um, but we definitely are going to need a coach to <laughs> move forward into a successful season. So I'd love to see a coach come forward. Um, maybe they're still working on getting Tony back. I don't know. Um, the The visa issues have got to be pretty challenging. So um, line up for new players. I'll try and add a word about each position if I can. It's just going to go number, position, name, hometown, height, weight, age, experience. So... Um, we're going to have 15 players on the field today. And number one is the loose head prop, which scrums in the front row and whose head is outside or loose to the opposing prop. The front row is literally just that the front row of the scrum in the set piece. Usually the not incredibly tall, but very sturdy players. Um, three players form the front row. So from left to right, one, two, three, you have one and three on the outside as props, loose head or tight head, depending on the number. So here's your loose head prop, Kellen Gordon, hometown Kenmore, Washington, height 6 foot, weight 250 pounds, age 29, born in 1989. Experience. Um, listed as a different front row position at Hooker on the website, started playing 14 years ago, multiple U.S. Club 7s championships, won the service with that he won with the service selects in Seattle Saracens. So um, Kellen Gordon is going to be number one. He'll have the number one jersey on his back. So uh, two is number two jersey is the hooker who is smack dab in the middle of the scrum. They hook the ball back with their feet after it's fed into the scrum to get it out of the scrum. Um, 
That's going to be Ray Barkwell today from Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. Height 5'10", weight 231. No, not 230, not 232, 231. He's 37 years old, not 36, not 38. Um, his experience, he began playing in secondary school, uh, Captain Brock University to his first OUA Rugby Championship and named OUA Finals MVP. Five national championships in a row with Ontario Blues from 2008 to 2016. Represented Canada at the national level 43 times since 2012 while capping his national side on numerous occasions. Um, three is the tight head prop, um, who's just on the other side from the loose head prop. His He's called tight head because his head is in between two of the other front rowers, the, the loose head and the, and the hooker. Um, it's a pretty pivotal position. It tends to be one of the most highly paid positions in professional leagues overseas. So that's going to be Tim Metra today, who's from New South Wales. That's not, uh, that's not Wales. That's in Australia. Height 5'11", weight 250 pounds, age 26. Experience, he began playing rugby early, selected for the under-20s Australian national team. Has played against the British and Irish Lions, which is a huge, very talented combined squad in the UK, Ireland. Um, debuted in Super Rugby in 2015 with the Melbourne Rebels. Super Rugby is huge. It's considered maybe the best competition for rugby on earth. He's, he was an asset in the Rebels forward pack and until becoming an asset for that of the Seawolves. All right, so number four, our lock. So four and five jerseys are locks. They're second rowers. They're just behind the front rowers, pushing them really hard. They're generally tall because they get lifted into lineouts and they have to be able to reach the ball up in the air. Number four is going to be Jeremy Lennertz from Ghent, Belgium, height 6'4", weight 255 pounds, age 24, experience. He started at the age of nine, won the French championship with rugby club Narbonne, started in the second row for the 2017 AIG Collegiate All-American squad. Honorable mention at CWU, which no one's ever heard called Siwoo, but that I like Siwoo, so I'm going to say Siwoo from here on out. Very physical player who will dominate the scrum. The Seawolves are excited about this guy. Number five, lock, second row, whatever. Again, getting lifted. It's the same thing, just right next to him. Taylor Crumray, hometown, Morocco, California, height 6'5". These guys are both tall, weight 245 pounds, both pretty heavy, age 25. Experience, started playing rugby his senior year of high school, played for the University of Oregon. Shout out Oregon, 503. Has trained in New Zealand for four months with the Waikato Premier Rugby Club. Number six, blindside flanker Cam Poulsen, hometown London, Ontario, height 6'5", weight 250 pounds, age 28. Experience, he began playing mini rugby at age seven, played lock for university. Oh no, Siri, don't interrupt. Okay, sorry guys. Um, Experience, began playing mini rugby at age seven, played lock for University of Victoria, took two seasons off from injury after graduating in 2013. Returned in 2016 and became national champions with and Canada with Seawolves Phil Mack and Brock Soller in the 2017 Canadian Rugby Championship. So blindside flanker, I didn't really explain. They're going to be on the short side of the field um, in the scrum, and they're literally on the flanks of the scrum looking for people coming around. Um, that short side is going to be narrower um, between where they're starting in the scrum and the touchline or sideline out of bounds. Seven is open side flankers, so just the other side. They've got the whole field. They're going to be in all the rucks. They're going to be trying to make that first tackle out of the scrum. Um, that's going to be Aladdin Shermer, hometown. He's a local, North Bend, Washington, height 6'3", weight 225 pounds, age 24, experience. He began playing in college for Siwoo, um, CWU, Central Washington University. Maybe I shouldn't say Siwoo. So in 2012, um, he was a member of the USA U20 Junior World Rugby Trophy winning team. He earned a spot on the USA 7's All-American team as captain in 2015 
followed by captaining the USA 15s All-American team in 2016. Played with the USA 15s select team while climbing the ranks and played international matches with the USA 7s Eagle team in Dubai and South Africa. So eight man, he's on the back of the scrum. He's big. He's mean. He's just going to like pick the ball out of the scrum and run it and just plow through people. That's going to be Reichert Hating, who is also our skipper or our captain today, who will be the channel of communication between the team and the sir or the ref um, and telling the ref what we'd like to do with our opportunities on penalties. Uh, if we'd like to, you know, take the option of kicking or doing a scrum or whatever. So hometown Pretoria, South Africa, height 6'5", weight 235 pounds, age 23. Experience played for Blue Bowls rugby in Pretoria, South Africa. He started with them at the under 16 level. Joined the U19, U21 teams. Experience with the Blue Bowls led to participation in the 2016 Curry Cup. Now for our scrum half. So the scrum half is going to be um, passing the ball off the floor from the rucks back to our like quarterback-like player, which we'll get to next. So Phil Mack is our scrum half today, wearing the number nine jersey from Victoria, BC. Also listed as assistant coach, as I mentioned. I've heard player coach, which I can only verify as a thing in my experience playing men's senior um, club rugby. I, I don't know if it's senior, but anyways. Height 5'7", weight 170 pounds. So we're in the backs now, as you can tell from size. Um, these guys are going to be a lot quicker. So age 32, experience, well capped with Canada. 52 caps to be exact in 7s and 43 caps in 15s. 975 points as a player scored in 7s. Like, wow. Um, so number 10 today is going to be our recent signing, Will Holder. So he's kind of like a quarterback. He's got to make the decisions on the field. He's typically the first ball receiver and dictating what's going to happen on both offense and defense. He was also listed as a fullback on the website, so we could see other fly halves in the future. His height is 6'2", weight 220 pounds. He's uh, 26 years old. His experience, he began his rugby career early on. First 15s cap in 2012, U.S. men's 7 team in 2014. He's in the player pool with the Eagles for both 15s and 7s. According to the Seawolves website, he brings leadership and a strong boot to Seattle backline. Um I've got three more like in-depth explanation for players all the way through the centers, and then it's just going to kind of go through the lineup. And uh, yeah, so uh, eleven our wing, uh, Jeremy Missile Missalagula Miss Missile Okay, from Puyallup, Washington. His nickname is Missile. He's also listed as a center. Height five eleven, weight two fifteen pounds, age twenty four. Uh, his experience is he started in college at New Mexico, Highlands University. He's a recent signing, won some sevens championships, invited to USA sevens camp, went to New Zealand for some more sevens. His footwork and physicality is hard to miss or, I guess, hard to catch. So um, our inside center – oh, yeah, wings are on the outside. They're just, like, super quick and running around the sides on the wing. Um they're also going to be in the back three on defense. So our inside center, which you could think of as like a running back, if you're comparing this to football, he's going to be that next. Um, once our fly half has it, who I've mentioned is the number 10 jersey, kind of like a quarterback, his first option in the backs is usually going to be the inside center who's going to be just steaming onto the ball. Um, that's Shalom Suniula. He's from Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, sea Wolves listed him as a fly half on their website or number 10, but he's at number 12 today. He's 5'9", 191 pounds. He's 29 years old. He has extensive Eagles Sevens experience. So our outside um, center is going to be William Rasalika. He's a recent signing, like I think it was last week. Um, and then moving through the line, uh, the rest of the lineup, we've got um, – 
an outside center is like, I don't know, fullback. I mean, he's just like, he's the next center. So the, the two centers are in the center of the field or the center of the back line on those plays that go to the backs. Um, it's kind of, it shouldn't be challenging to explain. There's going to be people who will explain it better to you. Just ask them when you're watching. Um, definitely watch with other people if you can who have played the game. Uh, 14, our other wing is Brock Stoller. 15, our fullback, who's like a safety, is Matt Turner. Then our reserves, we have eight of them, as we should. 16 is Mike Shepard. 17 is Vili Tolutuau. 18 is John Hayden. 19 is Olive Khalifi. 20 is Eric... Dukley? I can't quite get it. 21 is Peter Tiberio. 22 is Mike Garrity. 23 is Dion Crowder, who um, I am exceptionally excited about and hope to see him play today. Um, definitely keep an eye out for that 23 jersey. So um, in the last performance the Seawolves had, it was a 47-7 and win, which I reviewed in the last ep, and will skip. They look good and fit and ready to play was the word. Strong play from both the forwards and backs. Um yeah, I mean, my standout prediction would have been Crowder for this team, but uh, he's in the reserves, so um, we'll just have to see what happens there. So SD Legion, I'm just going to name out the uh, the players here. So um, one at prop is Tui Halamaka, two at hooker is Gil Covey, three at um, tight head prop is Aaron Mitchell, four, Locke, Lamprecht, five, Locke, Harmon, six, blindside flanker, Devin Short, seven, open side flanker, Tarori. Eight man Dolan, um, Cam Dolan. He's gonna be a nuisance out there for the Seawolves, I'm sure. Um, nine uh, scrum half Nick Boyer. Ten fly half Sema. Eleven wing Nick Evans. Twelve inside center JP Duplessis. Thirteen outside center Anthony Soliber. Fourteen wing Gwenya. 15 fullback Teo. I believe that's Mikey Teo, and that guy is a force. I'm excited to see him. Um, Reserves, 16 Pat Blair, 17 Purpura, 18 Tassi, 19 Drew Gaffney, 20 Derek Broussard, 21 Sione Latoy, 22 Naima Fualao, 23 Austin Switzer. Um, So that's kind of all I got for today, just because I'm a little short on time, unfortunately. I keep doing that. I'm just going to get better at this. We'll grow together, Wolf Pod. It's the start of a very exciting season, and today is going to be a great game. Again, my prediction um, is going to be uh, – I just read it. What am I doing? Uh, give me a second. I think it was 26-18. I just want to make sure I have that right. Yep, 26-18, Seawolves. Um, so, yeah, I mean this episode we just went over the uh, kind of the basics of rugby in my really chaotic fashion, which could have been – full of errors, but you got to screw up to know what's right. Um, and then I, uh, did a little, um, the lineup there that we got online for the Seawolves went in depth on some of the players and the lineup for the Legion. Um, next episode, I'd like to bring on the, uh, blog founder of LL rugby from, uh, or currently working in Corvallis, Oregon from NorCal has a good, good eye on Northwest, uh, West coast rugby, um yeah so just thanks so much for tuning in today um i don't really have any random stuff to cover on the game i'm just like in a rush to get out the door and go to the game i was flying all day yesterday should have been more ahead on all this but um again just super excited to have you listening and uh looking forward to growing with the wolf pod um on this podcast so um yeah please follow seawolf pod on instagram for all the latest updates or visit seawolfpod.com 
Um, I'm